Welcome to the 1K Mom Podcast. This is episode number eight. What? Say, I love you. You're listening to the 1K Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Fleming, founder of the 1K Mom Tribe. This is a movement of women who are building a business and raising a family and doing both well. Let's do this. Today we've got Jordan Gill on the line and with millions of dollars made and thousands of hours saved, she is the founder of the Colada Group and the host of the System Save Me podcast. She knows her stuff, guys, and she knows that if you want to make incredible impact in your business, you must have massive support. Her mission is to partner with business owners like you in making your company indestructible to losing team members and money-sucking software decisions. Okay, guys, I am so excited to have Jordan here. She is incredible. She is a local Dallas person. We should really we should be doing this in person, but I know that's I okay. I really think about that. <laughs> but I'm so excited to have her, Jordan. How are you? Hi, I'm doing super well. I'm so excited to be here, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So we are having you on to talk about something pretty awesome. You made $12,000 in your first month on business, in business, without a website, Instagram, none of that pretty fancy stuff, right? Literally. Not, literally none of what everyone tells you to have. <laughs> Gosh. So it's, it's kind of insane. And, um, you know, then people are like, oh, you know, did you spend 10,000 of it on ads or did you, no, I didn't do any of that stuff, you know? Um, a little bit of background on me is that I started out um, working for nonprofits um, in person, and then I moved into the online marketing space on people's teams. So I was on one um, specific, I guess, big wigs team, and I was her head of content. So I pretty much grew up in after college life um, <laughs> in online marketing. And so I uh, basically created her uh, webinar scripts and the actual content for her company. And then I moved into kind of basically going through the different departments of her business and processing the crap out of it. Um, and then it came to a point where, uh, for me, it was a God thing. Um, it was just like, it's time to go. And I had no plan, which I'm a planner mm -hmm. by nature. Um, I like to have lots You're of You're a systems plans. expert. Of course exactly. you are. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but you know, sometimes you just got to take the leap of faith. And so I gave my, my six weeks notice. We were like in the middle of a launch when I kind of got this from, um, from God. And, and so I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to like totally leave them dry. So I'll give them six weeks. And I feel like in six weeks, I will somewhat know what I'm doing. And my plan was just get an email address. So I remember sitting and I had, you know, a white pad one of those like these ugly like legal pads and I sat there with a, with a thesaurus and I <laughs> named my business and guys it was a disgusting name um it was called personalized procedures which sounds Ooh. like a medical device sales company so if I could make twelve thousand dollars in my first month with a disgusting name like that um y'all can do a lot better because I'm sure you guys have a lot better names but um and I just started connecting and I just started doing outreach and I had met another gal um, in online marketing and said, Hey, 
if I start doing processes and systems for people, I have no idea really what that looks like, but that's what I want to do. Would you like be open to connecting me with other clients of yours or friends? And she's like, totally. And so I basically did that with a couple people, got introed, and I started out the gate again with an email address, an LLC and a bank account. That's it. And um, got on the phone, got on four sales calls, landed all four of them. And three of them were for monthly retainers um, for a package of about 3,500. And then the project based gal was a project, I think that was 5,000 in total, but it was across multiple months. Um, And that's like how I start my business. Oh my gosh. Okay. So many questions, but let's start first with, okay. So you kind of mentioned before we clicked record on this call that you're kind of uncomfortable talking about it. Not really, maybe that's not the right word, but just, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of people in this space that struggle Mm -hmm. and you kind of just came in 12 K what the heck have no fancy Instagram or anything like that. So why do you think people sit in that space of struggle for so long? I think it honestly is because it's hard to see our own low hanging fruit. Um, and a lot of people, there's a lot of excuses I could give you. I don't have a fancy husband who's, you know, making millions of dollars, giving me, you know, awesome life. I don't have whatever else. I could give you a whole line of excuses um, yeah. to why I couldn't do what I have done. However, I do have some low hanging fruit. I've been in the online marketing industry. So I had a sprinkle of connections. Um, I didn't have a ton at the time, but I had a few deep connections. And I think that that's very different. Um, And I think that other people forget about the connections they really do have. And that's one of the lowest hanging fruit that you have. So if you like to make cupcakes and you're like, oh, but like, I want to get into, you know, all of the local coffee shops and I want to get into the hotels and I want to have this big booming thing. But if it's like, you know, what if you have a neighborhood block party and you just bake a couple dozen cupcakes for the block party and start there? And then if people really like your cupcakes, they're going to say, well, I want you to do Johnny's birthday party and I want you to do my daughter's wedding and I want you to do, and it just like, it goes that way. So really creating those opportunities from your connections Mm -hmm. is honestly the number one thing that I tell people to do because it's going to be a lot easier for you to make momentum happen with people who know you, who like you and who trust you. than if you just go out and say, well, I'm going to go, you know, get that job with Hilton or whatever. And it's like, you could, and maybe that would happen, but really looking at, at the, that low hanging fruit, that's like number one, I think, because people miss that and they look at the bigger accounts. They look at where they want their vision to go but then they skip all the little baby steps that, that get there. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So that is one of the biggest parts of what I take my clients through is defining your connection, defining your assets is what I call it. And, yep. and that is yep. your social media. Do you have this killer Instagram account that everybody follows? Or yep. are you the head of your mom's group and you've got a hundred other women who love you and would listen to whatever you have to say? What oh, well. are your assets, connections, people? Who do you know? Who do they know? All that stuff. And so I love that. And then um, 
my lanta just missed, lost my train of thought because this is all so good. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, like you yeah. said, going after it and just not being afraid of that hustle. Like mm-hmm. so often we kind of all see this glitz and glam of online right. marketing and automation and funnels and all these fancy things. And mm-hmm. we think that means we're not like allowed to hustle. Like right. you, know, you should be in your inbox. You should be reaching out to people. You should be doing all the front end like work stuff. You haven't earned your right to automation quite yet. Nope. You know, let's hustle <laughs> to make that first 1K or in your case, 12K. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. I love it. Yeah. As crazy as that is. Um, and, I, and I so, so agree that people want, you know, Gabrielle Bernstein knocking on their inbox door saying that she wants to be on their podcast or whatever else. And it's like, chick, you've had three podcast episodes. And while that's great. Um, you know, everyone has to build and go somewhere. And I think also something that is missed by a lot of people is consistency. And because people want to try a podcast and then they do that for a month and they're like, well, I want to go do a blog and they do that for a month. And then they want to go do really focus on their Instagram. And so you have all this whole row of things that you're wanting to do and none of them are getting past a certain point. And people don't know where to follow you. Most importantly, people are like, well, sh- where, like, where am I supposed to get the information that I'm looking for? Do I have to hunt six different places? Because if I do, I'm, I'm about. <laughs> right. So, um, so what's, your, what's your thoughts on that? How many platforms? Which, like, how do you decide when to move on? Which one to do? Yeah. So I'm like complete opposite I'm like I just want to do one thing and that is it I can't handle my brain can't handle more than that uh so podcast was my main thing forever and ever literally if you go to my Pinterest account now you will see that there's zero subscribers there's zero pins I have it it's there it's sitting there I do not put any effort toward it Uh, my YouTube has 30 subscribers somehow I don't know what videos (laughs) they're watching well, um, bonus tip, go ahead and claim all the social media accounts, whether right. you use them or not. Yeah, exactly. Just claim them. Claim them. Yeah. Claim them. Uh, but then really focus on one. And, you know, my Facebook page is like, I think 600 people, which again, I haven't, I've done some ads and whatever else not to like my page, but those just kind of happen organically, like 10 or 11 a week without mm-hmm. me doing anything. And I'm okay with that as well because my main squeeze is my podcast is all I care about. Sadly, there's not a lot of podcast statistics, which I'm going to have like a fit about to Apple. Um, but I hope they're rolling that out soon. It's, it seems like it's about to blow up the platform itself. Exactly. It really is. It is blowing up. But if I don't know, I don't even know how many subscribers I have right now. Like that's how sad the stats are, you guys. Um, and as a metrics person, it makes me want to cry. Um, so I, but it's like right now on, in my podcast, I'm going to be at a hundred episodes, um, which Katie is episode number 99. So it'll be out, but, um, it'll be over a hundred episodes in March. And that's because I've been doing it for, it will have been almost two full years. Wow. And that's consistency. Like that is sticking to it. And there were a couple of times where I wanted to quit. Cause I was like, I don't feel like it anymore. You just, you want something new, but if you just stick through it now, you know, I'm getting sponsors. Like I am getting, you know, it helps me, helps me with my authority and my credibility to say that I'm a host of a podcast and they don't just go look at it. And there's three podcast episodes. They go look and there's almost a hundred. They're like, Oh, she's super legit. 
and whether you know the episodes are great which they are but it, it helps you build that credibility and that authority um which it does take time which sucks yeah, There's Jordan. No, like, Jordan is legit with podcasts. She's got it down to a science with her batch week. How many episodes did you record in that week? That was nineteen. I had twenty oh uh, scheduled. One person had to drop, but so I had nineteen. Yeah, one day there were seven episodes back to back. Yeah, I was the last one on one of the days, and yeah, <laughs> your eyes were like starting to glaze <laughs> a little bit. So you just gotta push through. But it really is about people never want to simplify people like to add stuff and I'm an overbuyer. So I totally get it. I overbuy toilet paper. I overbuy everything tea, but with business, I keep it to one thing. And so, you know, even with my, my packages, you know, I have basically the monthly retainer packages and then I closed those down and did intensives. I did intensives all last year. That is like the only way you could work with me was an intensive. That's it. And now I'm moving into a JV webinar strategy and that's all I'm doing. So there's power in that. And, but it's not to say that it's not scary because it's, you know, you hear the things of only do one thing, but then there's don't put all your eggs in one basket. And yeah, so well, or even like, you follow those people and you're like, who preach the only do one thing, but then they're like on 20,000 different platforms. Right. So if you're an over buyer, how, cause yeah. I mean, I go to Costco and buy all too much stuff, too much stuff. <laughs> Husband's like, you spent a hundred dollars again. You just went three days ago. I'm like, don't ask. Right. There's cute, there's cute stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. How do you, how do you like, I guess it's discipline, but how do you keep your blinders on and really focus on that one thing? Mm-hmm. For me, it is. Um, so I have like three core values that I pretty much stick to and it, helps me eliminate and say no to things that shouldn't be. So my three core values are consistency, connection, and client experience. Love it. And how that helps me narrow things is, you know, if an opportunity comes my way, but it would sacrifice the client experience that my current clients have, it's a problem. Or if it's just a one-off transactional relationship and it's not going to be something where like we're going to continue to build, like that's not consistency or connection really. So that's also not going to be on my thing. Um, cause I want to have people in my circle that people are like, Oh yeah. Cause Jerisha's in my circle all the time. And there's other people that are in my circle all the time. And I want it to be very cyclical and whatever else, because I, you know, you see in, in our industry a lot online marketing, where people just have a very, very transactional relationship where they're an affiliate for this one program every year. One, because it brings them a lot of money and they don't actually really care. And that is the anti of me, um, 100%. And so if you just want me to promote your program one time and then like deuces, I'm going to say no to that. So it really helps me with outside stuff, um, for internally, like things that I want to do. I just keep honestly a content idea or content ideas. I just like random ideas bank. Um, and I just put it in there and know that there's always time to make that stuff happen. And so, um, I'm a pretty, it, it has more to do, I guess, with just how my brain works. Like my brain knows, like, if you have too much on your plate, you're not going to do very well at any of them. Yeah. So it just really is a discipline. Some people are great at multitasking. I'm not one of those people. So I really have to 
stick to one thing or I know that I'm going to burn out and be tired and cranky and nobody wants that. (laughs) Yeah. And to the moms listening to this, you have 20,000 billion things to do. So if you don't get diligent about, you know, deciding what you're going to do, where you're focusing and really coming up with your core values and how to say yes and no to things, you're going to be overworked and you're probably going to under deliver. You're going to be mad. You're not going to be the best mom for your husband or your children and the wife for your husband. (laughs) Sometimes we have to be mom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's another story. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So So that's, that is huge. And oh my gosh, so many of this resonates with me because in the beginning it was just squirrel brain, like every little shiny ball hopping around. I was all about it. Funnels, Instagram, pretty brand, yada, yada. No, (laughs) no. And, and the overbuying came in the, in the span of courses because I'm a very, I love to learn. I sit here, I have three bookshelves in my house. Um, I literally donated 90 books the other day to half price books. I just like literally was like, it's painful doing that because they're like 10 cents a book. Right. I know. It's so like, okay, whatever. But um, I literally got rid of 90 books because I just was like, this is getting ridiculous. And I was doing the same thing with courses because I love to learn. And so I didn't even really buy it for the result. I just was buying it because I wanted to learn. And it's like, how much money? I don't want to, I probably should add up, but I will never add up how much money I spent on courses because it is, it would be embarrassing. So yeah, at least it's a write-off. At least it is a write-off. Exactly. Um, and so it's a balance and you have to really, I have on Amazon a, a wish list that's called like buy ban until like a certain date. And I just throw everything in there. And then when that month happens, I go back through and it's funny because whatever six, I usually do every six months. And it's funny what like you throw in there and then like six months later, you're looking at it like, what, why did I want to, why did I want this random gadget? Or like, why did yeah. I want this thing? And so it helps me kind of deal with that compulsion that sometimes happens yes. just get into buying binges the buy one click it's so dangerous oh, I know <laughs> I know it really is thankfully the add to wish list is also one click so it kind of tricks my mind that's, that's good that's what I've been doing <laughs> that is so good okay so take me through um you mentioned connecting with people yes. that you know and connecting yes. with leaders in the space how can somebody kind of start to do that? And you want it to be natural. Like you don't want to be that that spammy person in a group. So kind of walk us through that. Totally. So for me, it was a few things. I mean, again, I've been in the industry for a while, so I follow a lot of people. I have a email address that I'm on basically everybody's list and I come through it every once in a while just to catch up and see what everybody's doing. And um, when I connect with people, it's mainly for a purpose, um, in the sense of either I want you to be on my podcast, I want you to, you know, promote something of mine or be a part of something. However, I also know this well enough in advance that I can actually know what's going on in the world to be able to like, take note of it. So uh, for example, with my System Saving Summit that I did last year, I was reaching out to a lot of people and I basically had three different levels of outreach. I had one that was, you already know me and you know that you're going to be a part of this. So all I have to do is send you an email and like you're in. Then there was the second level of people who that level or other people outside of that who knew me would be able to connect me to. So I was like one degree separation. 
Mm-hmm. And so then I would outreach to the people that were the connector and said, hey, I want to connect with this person. I know that you know them. Would you mind sending me an email introduction? It's very simple. And then there were people who were like, I don't think we have anybody connected, at least that I know of. So I'm going to have to like, it's like cold. And so what I did for those cold ones was I went through, and again, I knew pretty much a month in advance of reaching out to them that I was going to be doing this. And so I kind of kept tabs on their lives. People in the online space, they, they tell about their whole life on Instagram, Pinterest, everywhere. And so I would send videos using this app called Bonjoro, B-O-N-J-O-R-O, if you're going to go look at it. And I just sent them, I took my phone and I sat there and sent like two to three minutes of video saying like, oh my gosh, Claire, I'll use Claire as an example. Um, I was like, Claire, I saw this freaking bomb Facebook live that you did in Lacey Sites Facebook group. And it totally helped me do all of this. And I also knew that I totally want you to be a part of my summit because of that. Um, And then I told a little bit about what the summit was about. And then I said, let me know if you're down to join, like would absolutely be honored to have you. And so it was very specific. Like it was like, I saw your Facebook live in this other person's Facebook group. And I remembered it because she had done it a month ago. And she was like, whoa, like, of course. she's like, I didn't even watch the whole video. I literally saw the first seven seconds. And I was like, yeah, totally. So it's like, I take the time to get to know them prior to reaching out because we've all gotten those, those notes and stuff that are super generic. It's like, do you even listen to my podcast or do you even like understand what it is that I do? And that doesn't feel very good. Um, and so I always make a note of, again, even if it's like you're following them for a week before you reach out, that's better than any like just cold pitching a template of sorts. And there's parts of it that you can keep, you know, Um, because you're saying the same thing over and over again, but there should definitely be a personalized touch if you're doing cold outreach and connecting. Yeah. I think that we just, we think that it's gotta be so much to stand out, but the, it's so small, the the things it takes to stand out. Yes. A hundred percent. So many people not willing to do that. I know. And I sent, I sat and I think there was over 40 videos that I sent two to three minutes sitting there. I'm wearing glasses with a t-shirt with my phone saying, hey, so-and-so, blah, 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 Hey, so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. And then I had to upload all those on YouTube and, then I, and unlink them and then put it in an email and send it off. And so it's like, that takes a lot of time. And there are so many people not willing to do that, like you said, that automatically it puts me above everybody else who sends some gross generic stuff. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people said, you know, I can't make it because of the date, but t- some, tell me about the next one because I want to be involved. So it's like that kind of response is what you're looking for. Is like, even if they can't make it, they still want to do something with you later on for some odd reason. Um, so connecting is something that's huge for me. I went to 30 events this past year because I'm a bit of a psychopath. Three or 30? Three, zero. Three zero. Three zero. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, and the reason why is because for me, events have been the most powerful thing because I love meeting people in person and um, whether it's old friends, new friends, whatever else, um, you know, I go for content a little bit, but it is more about networking and getting to know people. And there's something about setting your phone down and, and really focusing on the people that you're in the room with that is so, so powerful. And I've gotten clients that way and 
Not that I'm out there poaching. I'm just giving value and being myself and people are naturally attracted to that. So then clients, collaborations, all of that sort of stuff. So events are a huge thing for me for connection as well. That's awesome. I love that. Okay. So what other little things can we be doing to keep things simple and monetize faster? Yes. Keeping things simple. So again, not to bash all the shiny things, but you really, you really have to understand yourself more than anything else. Because if you build a business that's based off of whatever this big person says to build it off of, because they're successful doing it, that has literally no merit if it's going to be successful for you. And so for me, I just got to know myself really, really, really well. And once I, you know, starting out, you kind of have to try different things and see what you like and you don't like. And then I moved into the intensives in 2017, which truly is like my power in the sense of I'm great with short bursts, but nobody else really in my sphere of work was doing that at the time. So I had no roadmap of like how to do that um, and how to sell myself and operations, all of that. So really start to look at your business as like an experiment and play with it and say, okay, I know that I am not an early morning person, so I'm not going to schedule any calls before 11 a.m. or 12 p.m. Or I want to spend all my mornings with my kiddos before they go to school. So then again, don't schedule stuff during that time and really start to think, okay, how can I use myself as an advantage and not feel like I'm working against myself? Because a lot of times I feel like people are working against themselves and I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, why are you setting it up like this? And like, well, this is the way that everybody says, no, are you everybody? Like, you're not going to be successful doing it this way. So I think that that's one of the biggest things is focusing on getting to know yourself so well and understanding, again, I use core values, but some sort of metric to know if you should say yes and no to opportunities or packages or whatever else. I love that. I mean, so often in like Facebook groups or even with client, my clients, I get asked, well, should I have a blog or a podcast? Oh, gosh, I know. How do you want to show up? Like, that's my biggest question I ask back is right. what do you, what do you enjoy? Well, I hate writing. Okay. <laughs> Don't do a blog. <laughs> <laughs> Solves that problem. Exactly. You know, or um, like my, I have a one-on-one client right now that's like, well, I, I just can't create a course like you have. And I'm like, you don't have to. Nobody says you've got to have this workbook, this, these right. cute videos. Like none of that has to happen. Literally. It, it, we're making it too hard. <laughs> exactly. Just think about yourself. And also you have to think about what the market wants as well. Yeah. So don't just like, you know, create like, you know, creating mud masks out of, you know, the sand in your backyard. Like, yeah, we don't really know if people want that or not. So, um, really thinking about, okay, what is it that I really enjoy doing? What comes really natural to me that solves a problem for somebody else? So Um, did you naturally land on the whole systems emphasis? Did that niche come naturally to you? You know, apparently everybody else saw it except for me. (laughs) (laughs) You can always always ask people around you, um, which was really powerful because, uh, before, um, in the nonprofit sphere, I did a team operations for football. Um, and so again, it was processes, it was 
manuals to make sure everybody knew where they were supposed to be, what everybody needed, all of that. And it was in the realm of sports. And then I went into online space and I started doing that for businesses. And um, it actually was my, my boss who was like, you have a process for everything, don't you? And I was like, yes, don't you? <laughs> Doesn't everybody? She's like, no, like not even close. Um, and so then you, Do your processes like transfer into your household? Do you have household processes too? You know, it's really, I, I have some processes. It, it's weird. Like my personal life is a lot more fluid than my business life. Um, and I think it's just like to be relaxed. I have like, my tea is very organized in its little <laughs> container. <if> that... <laughs> so it's, it's like in order, but, um, but I also like, I have a puzzle laying out on my kitchen table right now that looks like a hot mess, but I'm keeping it there. So there's like, it's funny. I do have some structures in my personal life, but not, not as bad as my, not as I guess extensive as my yeah. business side. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So that's always funny. It's <laughs> funny. Like, you know, like professional organizers are probably a mess at home, you know. Right. Like I know. Yeah. Basically. Just curious. Yeah. <laughs> the inside life. Yes. Well, okay. So um, tell me about your favorite system or software app, whatever, right now. Oh, gosh. And you can't, you, I mean, it's kind of hard. You have to pick one. Oh, uh, it's so difficult. So um, probably the one that I refer the most. Um, and that I use the most is Acuity, A-C-U-I-T-Y, and it is a calendar scheduler, and I'm obsessed with it because it has saved me hours and hours of back and forth scheduling emails because that's inefficient, and it also has um, taken out the, you know, going and finding a Zoom link, and it, it automatically does the Zoom link. It sends reminder emails. They can reschedule it on their own, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's been a really long time since I've had to schedule a call like manually like that. So um, Acuity is probably the number one time saver. And that can be really helpful, mainly for like service businesses who have to do calls or if you're doing a podcast, it's great for scheduling that. Um, So Acuity would probably be my number one software. You'd be so proud of me. A couple of weeks ago, I finally like (laughs) bought the paid version and yeah, integrated the calendars, did the yeah. fancy Zoom thing. Oh, it's so nice. I, so it, nice. I know. It's so good. I know. I was excited to see you use Acuity. I was like, yes. Yes. And um, what is the other? Oh, I love how um, you can set up different groups. So like podcasts, yeah. I have it on a separate group so that I, I only yeah. have a max of however many a week. That way it doesn't jumble up all my other calls I have to do. Exactly. It's amazing. Exactly. It's 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 one of the most flexible tools and they have great customer support. So if you have to ask questions and all that, which is really key for me too, I don't know about you, you get these softwares and tools and then they just like, don't answer your questions until like 72 hours later. I'm like, I've literally moved on my entire life. I've already spent my time on Google trying to figure this out. Right. Like this is not helpful. So acuity they're, they're pretty good about that stuff, which is, which is good. I love it. Okay. So then one more thing. Um, one more rapid question for you, your favorite book you've read recently. Yeah. So I mentioned it. Um, it is better than before by Gretchen Ooh. Rubin and it talks about, I mean, literally the tagline is what I learned about making and breaking habits to sleep more, quit sugar, procrastinate less, and generally build a happier life. 
And it just talks about um, the four tendencies, which she's mentioned in her other books prior to, but she goes a lot more in depth in this book. And just, again, what do you tend to do and how can you use that to an advantage to stick to your habits, which I don't know about y'all, but you know, we're speaking in new year land ish and you know, the habits that I'm creating right now, I would like to stick to. Um, and so I have to figure out, okay, how, how do I maintain habits? And a lot of it is it has to be on my calendar. It's on my calendar and doesn't remind me on my phone. It's not going to get done. Um, and then also just like not doing anything in the mornings is also a big thing. Um, and not sacrificing that time. There's maybe one meeting that I have at 8am once a month, um, for like a organization that I do here in Dallas. But other than that, nothing is on my calendar before 11am. And that's a pretty strict rule. So better than before by Gretchen Rubin. I love that. So, so cool. So any other tips about how we can make our first 12k? (laughs) to these moms that are listening I mean just generally drop the excuses and keep it simple yep hustle our bums off what else you got yeah uh I think also there's um for me in that time frame it was I always say to certain services um because people always need you to do something people will always need you to do something and so for me I wasn't going to start, would it have been great to start with a course and just gone straight into passive income and fra la la Sure. (laughs) However, that would not have made me a $12,000 month. And so I knew that people weren't great at creating SOPs, weren't great at, you know, creating processes and automating certain areas. And so I created a package that was that because, you know, you get on these sales calls and, and, people are very open to tell you what's wrong with their business or what they're struggling with. And so if you can just get on some calls, even if it it doesn't start as a sales call to just understand the problems and create a package that works for those problems again, for you to solve those problems, because too many times we go into our lair and we create a package and then we pop out and we're like, surprise. And it's like this again, we don't want a mud mask with the sand from your backyard. Like I don't (laughs) want that. Um, So really just thinking about um, and not being afraid to just talk to people. I think people are like, Oh, people are too busy or so-and-so won't want to connect me with somebody. People love connecting people. I don't know about you, but whenever I've asked people to connect people, it's like, they're like, great. Like, who do you want to get connected to? And so not being afraid to just ask and, A lot of times, you know, if you're asking every week, it's like, okay, yeah, you're doing the most. But generally speaking, if you're just asking and you haven't asked for anything in like two years or even six months, people are more than happy to do that. At least I am in my circle. What do you think about like the reaching out and offering free help? What is your thought on free? Mm. And I ask because- It's a good question. John Lee Dumas- his accountant that he uses in reps all the time was originally started as a reach out like that. I know. It's so fascinating to me. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I like, 
I like discounted rates when we're getting started. Like I'm a huge fan of beta tests and beta right. rounds, yes. um, but I free, it just has that pro- problem where it's free and people don't go through it as with the same intention that they would if they paid. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely on the fence of this. So I'm just curious I know. your thoughts. This is, this is such a good question. I, yeah, I'm not a big proponent for free because I think that it's important to have an exchange of some sort, whether it is, um, you know, I've had a couple of people recently ask about um, doing like a work study. Um, so I, I do a mentorship for VAs, OBMs and stuff like that. And they're like, well, can I do like a certain amount of hours that would equate to the monetary value to then be able to do the mentorship with you? Um, and I was even a little bit on the fence about that. I still am. I haven't answered. Um, but then there's also been where like someone was like, I really like this course of yours. Can I do like this amount of work for the course? And I was like, sure. Um, so free, not a big fan of beta testing a hundred percent. However, I also think that people are like, I'm going to sell it for a thousand dollars and then my beta is going to be like 10. And it's like, yeah, I would put down $10 to do any course but that does not mean that I would put down a thousand dollars to do that same course. And not to say that it needs to be only like $50 discount or whatnot. But I think if you have too large of a gap, then it's going to be really, it's going to be a successful beta. And then when you go to sell it, it's going to be really, really difficult. Um, I actually did a free beta um, for uh, my client beforehand and it was free However, it was like, it was very regulated in the sense of if you don't show up for the first call, like you're out, if you don't show up for the mid call, you're out and you will get cut all of the, um, access. If you don't show up for the last call, you'll get cut access. Like it was very regimented. I think there was like 12 people in it and they were getting on calls with me. They were having to give their metric checks. Again, if you didn't do your metric checks, you got kicked out. So, and we followed through with that and we had to kick a couple people out and it is what it is. So, because time is always money and you really have to think about, okay, if I'm investing this much time with the betas, they also need to invest the time as well to be able to give me good feedback. Because if you have people in there, but they don't give you feedback, then what the heck was the point of the beta? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I'm, I'm on the same page. I'm on the same page of no free work. Even if you've like never had a client before getting paid a little bit is still better than free. Like, I don't think you should do any free work and consult somebody because I mean, we always think less of our services or we think our expertise isn't as awesome as it is. Exactly. Because it's, it's, um, what is it? Confirmation bias or yeah, there's some bias in psychology that I didn't listen to. Um, but it's around, you know, like, Uh, Of course, I know systems and processes. So would I go spend the amount of money that I ask other people to charge for systems and processes? No, because I know how to do that stuff. But other people who that's their weakness and they're like, I literally want to pluck my eyeballs out every time I have to do this. They're happy to pay that amount because that's not their zone of genius and they aren't good at it. Just like I would pay for Facebook ads or branding or other things that I am terrible at that somebody else gets freaking excited about and I can pay them to be in their little happy place and I don't have to deal with it, you know? So, um, so yeah, I I think I agree. That's such a good question. I was just talking to somebody about that. 
I was like, oh, don't do free. Yes. I love that. I mean, I could go on. I mean, but I mean, I've got more questions about your awesome sales calls and how you landed all four of those, but we're kind of running out of time. Yeah. (laughs) We'll have to have you back on. Uh, Yes. That would be super, super awesome. We all have to pop in and I don't even know. I'll have to do some more Facebook lives around a bunch of that stuff. Yeah. You could be an honorary mom. Yes, I am. I, you know, I'm getting a dog soon, so I will be a dog mom here, hopefully soon. So I think I told you I'm going to do, I really want to do like a month and call it dog mom month on the podcast. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because there's so many killer bo- uh, moms that have dogs. I'm like, perfect. You can be a dog mom. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. You are amazing. And it's been great talking with you. Yes. It was so fun. Thanks again, Katie. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. For a full recap and show notes of the episode with some helpful tips and tricks and links to what was mentioned, head on over to 1kmom.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would be so honored if you would leave us a review on iTunes, screenshot today's episode, share it on Instagram, tag us in your stories at Katie Plumbing, and let us know what you loved. Thank you so much for being a part of the 1K Mom Tribe.